we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the weekend number three preview episode of the 11.7 podcast. And guys, we got a good one for you here. Probably my favorite weekend of college baseball. We have three huge tournaments going on. And we also have six to seven amazing weekend series. I mean, this is this is what we live for. The best non-conference week of the season. And this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Yacker Tech. Yacker Tech is soon to be the leading analytics and data consumption of college baseball. They have the best product on the market, and they're, they're really good friends of ours. You know, we have great communication with them back and forth. They send us reports. They send us player stats. And the best thing that they do is they make it super easy and accessible for not only players and coaches, but fans as well. Um, so Yacker Tech is sponsoring our podcast all year long, and uh, we're really happy to have them. So you guys check them out. If you're a high school coach or college coach, or maybe even a high school player or college player, you know, they can find a way to help you out, you know, developed as a pitcher, or as a hitter, um, whatever the case may be for you. Um, also, episodes brought to you by our friends over at Circus Sportsbook. And so what Circus is doing with us, they're partnering with our weekend series Pick'em, which we'll preview here in just a moment. Uh, it's, if you're a first-time listener, every weekend we have six series that our fans get to compete with us, and we're keeping a season-long leaderboard. And they're sponsoring the, the grand prize, which is a three-night stay on their rooftop sports book. They have a giant pool, uh, cabana suites and everything there, plus a casino downstairs. So they're they're really excited to partner with us because they know how loyal and dedicated college baseball fans are to their teams and other sports as well. So um, you guys check them out. You can just go to circalasvegas.com, I believe, and uh, book your stay there. 
And speaking of Circa, I just want to kind of run off a futures bet that Dimitri and I talked about earlier. There's a team out there that we think could easily win the College World Series based off of how they've played the first uh, two weeks of the season. And this team is very, very high odds to win the College World Series. And it's the UC Irvine Anteaters. And that's going to be highlighted here on this show. They are 190 to 1 to win the College World Series. But so far this season, they've looked like an incredible underdog, incredible mid-major team that has all the pieces to make it to Omaha. So 191, or 190 to 1 odds. If you bet $10 and they end up winning the College World Series, that's $1,900 in your pocket. We're not saying to, to gamble, and if you do gamble, gamble responsibly, of course. But yeah, Circa Sportsbook has that line on their website right now that you can hit before you know they the odds lower down to maybe fifty to one or twenty five to one towards the end of the season. So it's kind of our highlighted futures bet for right now. What do you think about that, Dimitri? Irvine looks damn good. I mean, I don't. I mean, even if they were just decent. 190 to one, throw 20 bucks on there and forget about it. Yeah, it's almost like four that. grand you would win if they win it all. And they've been to Omaha. Like they, they this team obviously hasn't, but their program has been to Omaha what twice since 2010? I think they also went in 2007. I don't know about since 20. Maybe just you once have, since 2010. I don't I don't know how much Irvine had been in the past decade, but regardless. Um, their schedule had been decent, pretty good, to be honest. They, they made it in 2007 and 2014. Yep, that's what about Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 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 just solid. And looking at my Fullerton pick, I'm kind of wishing I put it on Irvine. I'm, I still have a lot of faith in Fullerton, but I think that we're getting what we want. The Big West is going to be back this year, and we'll have two big minimum this year. Yeah, and the, and the Anteaters have swept Tulane this year. They beat USC. They beat Washington State. They killed San Diego to give San Diego their only loss of the year. Killed Michigan. Their one loss was UNLV, and UNLV is not bad this year. But that's a team that should make it to a regional, and, and, and with their pitching staff and with their offense, they're going to be a tough out in a regional and honestly, probably get sent to Stanford's regional, if I had to guess. And that's a winnable regional. It's not a hostile environment. You know, definitely a place they'd be comfortable to play. And once you make it to the super regionals, it's like you can start hedging that bet if you got there. So, dude, their lineup is big and scary. It's, it's not, like you're right. It's not the typical, it's not the typical Irvine team that we've seen in the past. No, it, it's not. And, they're big and physical, and you know big and physical line of play in, in yeah. the end of May and into the postseason. Physical and big lineups will play, guys. It will play. So, um, yeah, I, I do like Irvine. I like Irvine a lot. Yep. All right, so here, this is what we're going to do. I, I got to give some shout-outs to our Patreon members. Our Patreon's been great this year, and what you get as a Patreon member even if you just sign up for the $1.99 a month, you get access to our Discord channel, which is becoming my favorite daily thing to look at. You get a group of just college baseball fans that are able just to talk a little smack or maybe give info or updates about their favorite team. Uh, and, and the main thing is we're just building an online community on our Discord. So it's one big group chat 
we have different channels available. So if you want to talk game day stuff or if you want to talk gambling stuff, if you want to talk, you know, weekend series pick them or survival contest, each one has their own channel. So it's, it's very organized. Uh, but my, I, I'm going to read off 10 more Patreon members today. Uh, we're going to start here with Connor Metcalf. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. He's a, he's a good follow there. Um, our boy Apollo Dez, who was on the show last year with Apollo Media over in Houston. Shout out to Dez. We have Troy Cordery or Court. Oh, God. Cordray. Troy Cordray. C O R D R E Y. Cordray. Uh, Ryan Trauger, TCU guy. Dylan Furman. David Starita. David Starita. Starita. Sorry, David. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Luke Elkins, Jared Darling, Jordan McCrillis. Jordan's a big um, college baseball fan, and I think he might gamble a little bit too. Jared Myers and Benny Jefferson. And then shout out, last but not least, Clark Hoffman, who's in our gambling group chat as well. Um, Shout out to those Patreon members. Uh, Every show I'm going to give another 10 to 15 shout outs. And um, we really appreciate all of our Patreon members. They've helping us, you know, kind of pay our expenses and our bills. Uh, we're not getting rich off of this, I promise. <laughs> we're still, uh, I mean, Dimitri's still living where he's living. I'm still living where I'm living. It's not like we're buying mansions or anything. But those those little expenses do add up and help us, you know, create new content for you guys. Anyways, this show is going to be dedicated to recapping the midweek and previewing the, previewing the weekend. God, I'm like hyped up on some caffeine. I just drank a cup of coffee. It's past midnight like we always do, and my tongue is rattling in my mouth right now. My tongue wants to go a million miles an hour. My brain's not there yet. Dude, we we spend the first... We get on the video, on the chat, whatever, and we waste... I'm, I'm not even kidding. We waste an hour minimum every single time before we ever start recording well i wouldn't say waste we no, we were right. pretty productive we we spent two hours not even previewing the show but just talking back and forth we designed some good merch that should be coming out here maybe within the next month or so that you guys would love and we'll post it on our website and promote it there a lot of team specific stuff and so we were productive in our pre-show now could we have started 30 minutes earlier absolutely you know, we were we were going off topic. We were bullshitting around. We were bullshitting around doing stuff that could have been saved for another day, but whatever. Hey, you know what we should start doing? We should start recording our two hours of preview of the podcast as its own podcast. I think people would crack up at how we talk to each other and like the crazy ideas that we have. Oh, you think people would enjoy listening to us like when when we're just talking <laughs> normal? Yeah, we're we're Oh yeah, you're right. Because how many times how many times do I say to you, okay, stop. We need to save that for the show. Yeah, hundred percent. We just go off topic and we uh we talk a lot of crap about players and teams and stuff. Probably things that should stay off of the podcast, but uh we try to keep it clean here. True. (laughs) Hey, you guys know, like when you talk about a football player, when you're mad about your favorite team player that didn't play good you guys talk a lot of shit about that guy i know you do i do the same when it comes to college baseball i feel like people are a little more scared to do that and i don't know why i talked about this about a month ago before the season how it feels like a country club sport and people are afraid to just talk shit and not i don't i don't want to say talk shit but fairly and accurately criticize player i promise you when like the way they talk about stetson bennett being an old player 
nobody, not one person in the college baseball world will talk about an old player like that. No, they won't do we, it. We kind of they root on the old player. And they are they are some mean, nasty people talking about how Stetson Benny is old. You know what? I'm three, four years. I'm four years older than him. I ain't old. So shut your ass up. <laughs> I was just I was just looking on Twitter and there was people going off about college basketball and and how they hate this player and he should be sitting on the bench and blah blah blah. You just don't see it in college baseball. Obviously, no. we don't want to promote that. We don't want to promote that stuff, but. I see what you're saying. We want to, we want to be able to criticize things that happen in the sport. Um, you look like an awful human being if you do it. You in really college do. But in, if you do it in college basketball, oh, he has a, he has a good point. He has a good point. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Clay Travis the other day was absolutely grilling the basketball player from Alabama. Well, rightfully so. For 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 if your your opinion or my opinion, whatever. Everybody has the right. He was grilling him, and I was just like, "Dude, this feels more like his hate for Alabama more so than his yeah self righteous. Oh, he did a terrible thing. So like, like that's his opinion. But I'm like, could you imagine someone in college and doing that about a college baseball player? It wouldn't happen. It would never happen. I, Probably I understand not. Like, like, and f- I mean, they're grilling TCU about how they're they're the worst playoff team ever, and how blah yada yada yada. And I'm like, dude, I just I just could never see that happening in college <laughs> baseball. But it it has people were grilling people were grilling Mike Bianco last night, which was um well deserved. Hey, great segue there, Dimitri. I love that. Just roll right into it. I'm sure that's what a lot of our listeners are really tuning in for. Is man, what an absolute terrible rule by the NCAA that absolutely screwed Louisiana Tech out of a potential win. And, and and those wins, obviously, I've seen a lot of people say, it's just a midweek game. It doesn't matter. Or something along the lines of, well, that's the way the rule is, and they should just accept it. Like, no. No, no, no. Way. no. You, dude, we've played in those midweek games. We've played against – both of us played at Mercer, and we would play against Georgia or Georgia Tech or Florida State – those games mean a lot to, to Louisiana Tech. They weren't recruited to play at Ole Miss. They weren't, you know, I'm sure Lane Burroughs would love the paycheck that Mike Bianco's getting. But guess what? They're bought into you know their own well, program. You know damn well he would love that paycheck. Yeah, and, and they're bought into their program, and they feel good every single night that they can go in and beat Ole Miss and, and just wear that patch on their shoulder the rest of the year. And for those that don't know what's going on, I don't know how you missed it. It was the biggest storyline of the midweek. But Louisiana Tech was playing their second game in a row against Ole Miss. They beat them on Tuesday night. And Wednesday, they're down 4-3 to three going into the top of the seventh. Well, Louisiana Tech scores two runs to take the lead 5-4 to four, with a runner on third base. And then all of a sudden, there's a lightning delay. You know, lightning in the area. Understand you got to keep the players safe. Don't want them out there getting struck by lightning with their metal bats. Well... Ole Miss decides not to tarp the field. Ole Miss decides, like, hey, we're going to hang around for a little bit. We're not going to tarp the field. We're going we're gonna to let the rain just hit our field. And because the way the rule is written is since the inning wasn't complete, you have to revert back to the last inning, which Ole Miss had a 4-3 to three lead. And Louisiana Tech was like, look, we'll sit here all night. We'll drive back tomorrow. We'll, we'll book another stay in the hotel. We want to finish this game. And Old Miss administration said, nope, sorry, uh, game's canceled. We can't make it up at all this year. Sorry, but we're going to take the win here. 
great great gamesmanship by Ole Miss. You got to credit Ole Miss for knowing the rules and knowing like, hey, this is a big win for us. We don't want to get swept in a midweek um, against a mid-major team. But God, man, there comes a point between gamesmanship and sportsmanship that you're. It, it just leaves well, a sour me, taste in your mouth. Let me rewind a little bit. The tarp did not go on the field, from what I understand. What I everything that went on. It was not raining, so the tarp was not necessary at the time, which is fine. The lightning, the tarp doesn't stop lightning. Correct. It does not. But 90% of the time when there's a storm in the area and there's a delay, the tarp goes on. There, I, I can't tell you. I don't think it ever happened where we had a delay, a weather delay, and that tarp did not go on the field, raining or not. Mm-hmm. It went on every single time. Lightning, tornado, shit a bathroom leak in in university center <laughs> something that tarp was going on the field it was always going, if there was a delay in the game that tarp was going on the field so old miss knew what they were doing whether they want to admit it or not whether the old miss faithful want to admit it or not that tarp did not go on the field for a reason even though it was not raining the tarp goes on in a weather delay every mm-hmm. single time it is very extremely rare for it not to go on second of all you you brought up they knew the rules. They knew what they were doing. But my issue isn't whether Mike Bianco or whatever. He used his administration to hide behind the rule, which I, I, I have a hard time believing. They were just like, yep, nope, we are not doing this. Mm-hmm. I, they're the Wednesday somewhere in the season that they have off where they can finish three innings. I know it. They just didn't want to play anymore against Louisiana Tech. And – I, I mean, I, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by it because you've mentioned it. Mid-majors, it matters. If Louisiana Tech wants to make it to Omaha, they need a good regional setup. They need they need they to need get in the tournament out. first. Like this RPI, I mean, that would help their RPI getting two wins against 100%. Ole Miss. Help the resume too. And I want to go back to a point you just said. The So when you said Mike Bianco hid behind his administration, he did. Um for, from what we've heard from Lane Burroughs, the coach of, of Louisiana Tech and Louisiana Tech's you know social media team, because they put out a statement that had everything detail laid out, everything. Uh, Lane Burroughs did a uh, an interview inside the dugout while the rain was going on, just basically calling out Ole Miss and, and Mike Bianco saying, hey, we will drive up here any day. I told him that we can stay the night, we can finish the game whenever. We want to finish this game. and." We've been told by administration that that's not possible due to logistics. And and they've kind of used the excuse of like getting umpires for the games, blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, that that stuff can get done. I could I could book four umpires for three innings to go make a trip to Oxford. One hundred percent. And the thing with me yep. is if if Ole Miss was winning, let's say this was the, the fourth inning and they were winning 11 to nothing. And, you know, a game's not official until five innings. They would make sure they're playing that last inning to get the win 11-0. Oh, you you know it. You freaking know it. Or here's another example. If Ole Miss took the lead in the sixth inning, but they were losing the game before, or the inning before, you know absolutely they're finishing that game. But the way the rule's written, it gives the home team all of the leverage, all of the advantage, and it sucks, but is this going to end Louisiana Tech season? No. These guys are a solid baseball group. They hosted a regional two years ago. 
They have a very talented group, and you know they're just going to wear it and and use it as motivation. They're hungry now. I can see it now. The championship DVD starts at that point for Louisiana Tech. You know they pull off a Coastal Carolina season, they win the, the national championship, which is very odd, like very long shot of happening. But I mean, it could. We've seen it done in this sport. Championship about- DVD starts with that interview with with Lane Burroughs. Do you think do you think Louisiana Tech should be the conference USA favorite now? No, I think it I think right now it's FAU. You're damn you're damn <laughs> skippy it is FAU. That's my pick. Um, but I am nervous now. I think um Louisiana Tech's gonna have a chip on their shoulder. They're gonna have something to prove, like, hey, we would have won that game. We are mm-hmm. a good team. They're just gonna be a little fired up. Um, and you know what? I bet you they love playing for Lane Burroughs even more now. They feel like he's got their back. He's going to go to war for them. He's everything that they want in a head coach. So He's um, given me off um, Tony Vitello vibes from 2019. Whenever – Do you remember – uh, What's his name from – He was at Sam Houston. He's at Louisiana. Now, I forget his uh, name every time. Matt Deggs. Coach Deggs. Matt Deggs. He gives me Matt Deggs, Vitello vibes. Or, um, what's the uh, – Stifler. Is that his name? Sean uh, Stifler. Sean Stifler. Stifler. BCU. Just guys you would just – Lace up the boots for him now, by the way. Right, yeah, obviously. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Lane Burroughs comes out as the winner. I mean, he's a dog through and through. Loves his team, loves his university. And, uh, I I mean, I expect this to – it wouldn't surprise me if Louisiana Tech goes on and wins 12 straight games and, you know, becomes ranked in the top 25. Anyways, but that was the big storyline from the midweek. But there was also a couple other big things that happened. Um, I'll start here with the LSU versus Texas game on Tuesday. What a crowd, what a turnout, and what a game. Absolute pitchers. I mean, nobody expected it, but it was a it was a pitcher's duel. Uh Thatcher Hurd and what's his name? Jerron uh Jerron Johnson. LeBaron Johnson. LeBaron Johnson. Legoat. Legoat Johnson. That guy's got to be in their weekend rotation moving forward. Le- he week, is hey, nasty. Le, Le- Midweek Johnson. Le midweek Johnson. What do you have? Nine punch outs in, in five or six innings and with a nasty splitter. Uh, I mean, he had LSU's offense looking fooled. Let me let me ask you something. I, I texted you about this and I said Tennessee last year never had if they did, please correct me if I'm wrong. They never had this many games with 10, 11, 12 plus punchy in a game for, for the, from their lineup. Like where they just disappear. The only time I can remember outside of a few midweeks here and there, Tennessee really getting dominated like that from offensive standpoint was Kentucky. And they didn't really get dominated. They were just hitting balls at people all weekend in Lexington. So I'm not, I don't want to say I'm worried about LSU's offense. I don't want to say, I think that's a little kind of an overreaction, but don't just ignore this. This is something you pay attention to and say, Okay, you can say long road trip. They've been in Texas a while, yada, yada, yada. The beginning of that road trip, they got dominated by a top 10 round, a top 10 pick next year. Great, great talent, whatever. But it's still something to look at. They're getting, they're striking out a lot. When they don't hit the home run or the double, back to back double, they're not scoring, they're not manufacturing very many runs. Yeah. And hey, I want to do, I want to build off of what you just said. We mentioned it the first couple episodes of the season. LSU is going to get everybody's best. And when I say everybody's best, I mean pitching coaches, head coaches, the whole pitching staff, 
they're going to go through the data, the data that they have on LSU's hitters, and they're going to find their weaknesses, where they chase, where they take pitches, what kind of pitches do they get weak contact off of? Because now all the data is out there on these guys, and they're going to get every team's best. And and they do have LSU's offense has shown signs of major flaws and major major weaknesses, swing and misses. Now, hey, they can get you now. They can get you for an eight-run inning like that. And that's what everybody is excited about. But in order to win a national championship, which is their goal 100%, they have to stop swinging and missing so much. They have to stop striking out because when they do make contact, it's exit velos of 95 miles an hour and plus. These are good hitters with, with real power, real professional approaches. They've just been chasing so many pitches in the dirt and Swinging at pitches Dude, off the plate. So many, so many. Like I mean, it is like it is literally clockwork. First pitch breaking ball. Um, they either take it for a strike, or they chase, mm-hmm. trying to cheat fastball early in the count. Oh, so oh one, they get fastball inside. They pull a foul, ready for the fastball. Breaking ball in the dirt. Breaking ball in the dirt. Breaking ball in the dirt. And they chase. They keep chasing. And like good hitters always say, the only time you can cheat, the only time you are you deserve to cheat is 2-0 and maybe a 3-0 if you're a really good hitter, 3-0 green light. Mm-hmm. 0-2, 1-2, the pitcher got, got the, gained the respect for you to be laid on a fastball trying to just battle. Tennis, uh, LSU hasn't showed me a lot of battle. It's more all or nothing, swinging a myth or the big hit. And yeah. I don't like offenses like that. I don't. I just don't. One of the biggest things that I've seen, and I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about LSU's offense. Obviously, they're still a great team. Top two or three team by far in the country. Um, But what they've started doing with with Tommy White is really, really fascinating to me. This is a guy last year who hit 27 home runs, and I imagine twenty, at least 20 of them went to dead center, right center, right center, or right field, opposite field, or right back up the middle. And we saw what Texas did to him. They hammered fastballs inside. And what did he do? Yeah, he barreled them up 100 miles an hour, but pulled them foul. Pulled everything foul, screaming line drive, but not even close to the field of play. And it's like you can get two strikes on – if you can get two strikes on him where he hits in a mile foul, then you have the advantage in the count to throw a breaking ball in the dirt or throw another fastball up and in. And and that's the way you beat him. I mean, he's hitting fifth or sixth in their order. After him – you got some guys that are maybe unproven right now hitting behind him. It, it really levels out the offensive playing field there. And obviously Gavin Dugas hit the go-ahead three-run homer in the ninth to you know win the game for LSU. But Texas was right there in him, uh, right there in with him. And if Texas would have just scored a couple runs off of uh, like Thatcher Hurd throughout the game, that changes the whole dynamic of the whole game. I don't know if Dugas would have gotten that chance to to hit the three-run homer. So, by the way, I, w- I want you mentioned something that you just reminded me of. Shout out that you heard. Um, first really good start with LSU. Um, he's probably going to end up being a weekend guy for them as well. So, honestly, that was why that midweek was so great. You saw two guys that are probably going to end up in the weekend here sooner rather than later, and two good arms. So, um, I liked what I saw from those two guys. Um, I don't really want to harp on them too much, but LSU's offense, I don't want to say it's a concern. It's kind of concerning to me because when you get to the postseason, you saw Tennessee's lineup. It becomes harder to hit, as we all know. 
mm-hmm. you have to be that good. So if you can't manufacture a run when, when it gets hard, we're just getting a single, getting a guy over and finding a way to score him. Cause that's what Notre Dame did. And it ate Tennessee alive because they couldn't keep up with it because they were pitching. They were pitching. Well, then I give up home runs, yada, 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 big mm-hmm. crooked number innings. So that's concerning for me with LSU. A lineup full of big boppers, not a whole lot of poke and run and just finding ways on kind of guy. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, LSU is going to be fine. They'll, they'll still I win. Know. I, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, a couple other big storylines from the midweek. We finally got to see Maui Ohuna, Tennessee's transfer from Kansas, get to play. Got an RBI, I believe his first or second at bat. And uh, it's good to see him finally get to play. He was getting punished for something that Kansas or Tennessee or Coach Vitello, somebody messed up on his behalf, and, and he had to pay a punishment, missing six games. But he's a superstar. He's potential All-American. Glad to see him finally back in the lineup there. Uh, and then also Blake Burke from Tennessee, absolutely just on a tearid pace for home runs in college baseball. We threw the stat out there that he's hit 20 home runs in his first 131 at-bats at Tennessee. Uh, he was hurt last year, missed some missed some time in the season. But, I mean, 100, 130 at-bats, you're hitting 20 home runs. We did it. Trey Lipscomb had 251 at-bats. That's on pace for almost 40 home runs in a season. If he did 200, 251 at-bats and uh, played a whole season, that's what his pace would be. And what what did Ivan Melendez hit last year? 32 to set a 31. record? 31 32. to set a record? He definitely 31 hit 32. High, 32, he broke it. He broke the BB core record at 32. So what Blake Burke is doing is he's on Ivan Melendez's watch right now. He could break that record this year, potentially. Let me ask you this. Do you think it gets broken this year? Dude, it could. Between Jack Caglione and um, obviously Blake Burke, the problem is those two are both going to face SEC pitching all year, and SEC kind of has some pitcher-friendly parks. It, it would be difficult for them to break it. But somebody like – who's the guy from Georgia Tech right now with six or seven? I think he has seven about, home wait, runs. Wait, how about Brock Wilkin from Wake? He's got yeah, so, seven. So there's a few different guys on Wake, Forest off, or on Wake Forest's team that could potentially break it because that's a tiny field with the wind blowing out every game. Mm-hmm. I Adam think it Sister could. And Brock Wilkin. I think it could be broken this year. I really do. Um, Ivan Melendez played in a huge ballpark. The University of Texas. Huge. This Falk Field is huge, and he still hit 32 homers. If you would have put him at ECU or Mississippi State, he probably could have added another four or five home runs there. Ben, he would have had 45, 40 minimum if he played at Clark LeClaire Stadium. I mean, he honestly could have. I mean, if he was at Clyde Smith Field make in Georgia, he would have had 40 minimum. Minimum. Shoot, I hit 10 there in my career or something like that. It's uh, it's it's So, yes, I think to answer your question, somebody potentially could break that record this year with the juiced balls. I think bats are getting better, dude. People Shout out are... to Kendall Rogers, his tweet. I will pull it up right now. I want to give you guys this statistic about – he, he, he tweeted something about the home run data, and here you mm-hmm. go. Oh, he he tweets so much. He retweets uh, Frisco, Frisco Classic, Frisco Classic. J- joined to watch the Frisco Classic, Frisco. Oh, come on, Kendall. Okay, here we go. Some incredible stats coming in on the home run. Through 12 games, this year, 2023, 2,108 home runs. 
which comes out to 2.06 homers per game. Wait, there's already been 2,000 home runs? Oh, yeah, there's already been 2,100 home runs this season. <laughs> That's incredible. 2020, well, think about it. 150 games a day almost. Right, but... And we played 10 games. So we're averaging 1,000 a week is what you're saying. More or less, yeah. We're going to have close to fifteen to 20,000 home runs this year. Well, think about it. 300 teams, 40 home runs a team. Okay. On average. Fine. Anyway, 2022, 1,551 home runs through 12 games at a pace of 1.55 home runs per game. COVID 20, uh, Pre-COVID 2019. 2019, 1,300 home runs at 1.37 home runs per game. We are almost, we are basically at 30, 40% increase since 2019 in number of home runs per game. So everybody knows about the juiced balls that have been going on for the last two years. I think the bats are hot this year and we're starting to see a different. So there's a company out there this year called Warstick, W-A-R-S-T-I-C-K. And they're producing bats that I think Texas Tech is using. Um, I want to say Georgia Tech as well. And, dude, the ball just jumps off of those bats. Plus, you have Louisville Sluggers and DeMarinis and Eastons that just seem like they have more juice behind them. And Wait, Warstick makes metal bat? They make a metal bat now. And there's a, there's a few teams using them. And the sound is so much better. The Who's ball using jumps- it? I think Texas Tech and Georgia Tech are two of them. Let me look up a picture of Georgia they're, Tech. They're just plain bats with, with the word war stick across them. Image. And, Let me see. And you know what's funny? So while you're looking that up, I have a funny story. When I was in – I think I was going into my freshman year of college. I played in a summer league, and there was a home run derby sponsored by war stick. It was their first metal bats that they ever created or whatever. I'm pretty sure it was Warstick. Um, um, so there's a picture right here. Project, it looks like Pro 44 Gloves logo. Is what the bat that Tech is using. Oh, Georgia Tech is using it. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Well, I know Warstick is one of them, and then there's a second one. The because Pro 44 it, Gloves you is know making the Pro bats 44, now. It's the two Ford back. Yeah, you're right. That's what it is. Georgia Tech's using a different brand called Pro 44, which is, was a glove company glove for like company. the last... 15 years they're making bats this year and that was another one war stick and, and pro 44 are now making bb core bats and those things seem hot dude it's it's incredible that is so interesting i had no idea that pro 44 started making metal bat and i had no idea war stick either dude what where i wonder how much it cost and how they got in the door to get the licensing from the ncaa as legal bat because the dude, I remember back in the day, we had a heater, we had a PVC pipe and a heater. You throw your bat in there, let that thing cook, roll out <laughs> to the plate, and you hit dangers. I mean, we should, serious, we should, so. we should make an 11.7 bat BB core, but but not we should build it like a BESR bat and just try to get slip it through, just make the ultimate dude. college baseball bat. I, I wonder, I, I would love to, anyway, you guys remember last year with Tennessee and the hot bats and the illegal bats and broken bats and whatever. They had the sticker. They didn't have the sticker. 
God, dude, the technicality of some of these things is it's, it's, honestly is hilarious. So I, I do think the bats are hot. I've seen guys off of one knee hitting home runs. I've seen guys hitting backside homers that I've I, on the Chase Davis just did it the other day. Yeah. He could be an exception. That guy, his swing is beautiful, but even still, guys are hitting a 380, 390 backside. That's not a re that's not normal for college hitters. It's not normal, guys. It is so I, I just have a hard time believing it. I mean, yeah, they're good hitter. Talent getting better every year, technology getting better, training getting more fierce. Uh, I'll tell you one more thing is pitching velocity has gone up and also pitching location has gone down. People are just throwing 94 mile an hour fastballs down the middle of the plate. I'm so glad you just brought that up, dude. Pitching is becoming throwing and hitting the hitter, the hitter 95 is the new 90 now. I want to say maybe, maybe 93, 94 is the new 90, but still. That is the new 90. So the, the hitters adapted to the speed. The velo is not a problem anymore. They're they're they're, they're going to time it up, but the command is, is going away. A lot of guys have no command of it. Yeah. So it, I I still don't think that's the reason for the juice numbers. It might be the reason for more home runs, but 454, bro. College guys aren't hitting 460 on a regular. Like, why are they doing this on a regular basis now? That never happened when BB Core was first introduced in 2012. It was 460. You had to absolutely get a hold of one to even hit it 380. Like, there was no home runs in the College World Series, it felt like, for five years because the field was too big. You're telling me, like, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. 460 is a tank. That is a fucking nuke. That's 115 off the bat. And you're telling me guys are doing it every weekend? Like, I saw, tweet, I saw somebody tweet one of the data analytics or hitting coach for a school said the school like tweeted the top 10 um, home run distances for their program this year. And the coach quote tweeted it. I don't remember who it is. So if you're listening to it and it was you, just, just, just deal with it. He said it only counts if it starts with a four. Speaking of, you know, 400 feet yeah, like or 300 feet. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh, now we're just counting 400 foot home run. When would that ever thing? You're like, what, dude? That's such a joke. Like, it's unbelievable. But um, anything. The other, the only other thing I could think of from the midweek. Um, how about the Florida State game? The walk off that they had. Oh my god, what the hell was that? I mean, I feel bad for the kid who drops the fly ball. But hey, props to Florida State's. Uh, I forget the guy on first base, but. Ran it hard all the way home, scored the winning run. I mean, it was a routine fly ball to center field. Ball drops, he scores from first base. Florida State walks it off, avoiding the upset against it was was it Jacksonville or was it Stetson? I always mix no, those it was two. South Florida. Oh, South Florida. Okay. No, and then yeah. Jacksonville beat Florida that night with a with a big six six run sixth inning or something yep. like that. Um just real quick about Florida. I, I think I agree with you. For, I've, I've been agreeing with you that I think they're one of the best teams in the country. Pitching staff's phenomenal. Lineup's really good. We talked about how their lineup could be better on our last episode. Might be better this year without um, Judd Fabian. And for those of you that you, this is your first time hearing about this topic, sometimes taking a guy out of a lineup changes the dynamic of a lineup and it can improve it. Even if he hit 30 home runs, at down, low average guy, whatever. Florida's issue this year is bullpen. I think we can both agree 
They're bullpen, bullpen depth. Their they're, they're first three guys yes, out of the yes, bullpen yes, are good. Yes. But you know when you go through that grind of the SEC play, guys don't have three innings on Friday, two innings on Saturday or Sunday. Like You get tired. You get worn out real quick. And if you want to be ready for postseason play, you can't you can't wear your guys out in April and May. So You're right. Florida needs guys to step up if they want to be contenders because bullpen depth, it, I wouldn't say 50% of the battle when it comes to winning a national championship. Oh, it's everything. And think about what Mississippi State had to do in 2021 and what Ole Miss had to do last year. And even Oklahoma last year, their bullpen was lights out. They finished second. Um, when it comes yep. to the postseason, you have to have four plus guys that you can trust because one of those four is going to have to make a start at some point. And, you know, the other guys are going to have to go multiple innings. Coastal Carolina basically won a national championship using four pitchers. And, yep. and that's the only four that they that trust. happen very often. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm not worried about Florida. They, they'll punt these midweek games trying to boost their offensive stats, give other pitchers a shot to prove themselves early in the year. Only thing that matters is the weekend, and, and they have a big weekend series coming up against Miami, which we'll hit on here in a little bit. Uh, but you know what's yeah. funny? Every every year, midweeks in Florida, whether you're Miami or Florida State or Florida, you're going to lose once to Stetson, Jacksonville, or South Florida. Because there's so many good teams in that state. It's unbelievable. Like, like midweeks in the state of Florida. I, honestly, midweeks in the state of Florida and in the state of Texas, you don't get you don't get like they, those schools never they rarely play Florida A and M yeah. and Mercer scheduled them every year like the worst team in the state. Yeah. So they're playing like they're playing like their smaller schools that are also all baseball powerhouses for the most part. Powerhouse mm-hmm. might be the wrong word, but they're all baseball program. They're all you know and between really between Florida, Texas, California, and then here's a sleeper state that has it tough. Well, there's two, maybe three. There's three sleeper states. North Carolina, South Carolina, and Louisiana. They all South have Carolina, no, no way. But, but South Carolina schools in South Carolina schedule schools in Georgia and North Carolina and Tennessee for midweeks. Yeah, but South Carolina, outside of Clemson and South Carolina, you've got upstate. Upstate and, just beat Clemson. So that's my point. I, I understand that, but okay, whatever. Coastal coastal argue. schedules. It's a stupid argument. It's a stupid all right. argument. It is a stupid argument. Anyways. Um, hey, wow. Am I growing up? I just saw a battle that, and I just said, you know what? I'm not going to choose that battle. <laughs> wow, I'm growing up right before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, anyways, that pretty much hey, wraps one more up. Game. Oh, one, one more game. game. TCU Dallas Baptist was an extra inning at the Texas game was coming to an end as well. So we had two games at the same time on Tuesday night. It would have been great to have a red TCU. zone channel, just having mul- multiple screens up. Watching both at the same time. I had them. I had them both up at the same time watching them. Well, I know um, you did, but not everybody's as gifted as you. Oh well, hey, get like me. Um, joke. That was a joke, by the way. Uh, but anyway, TCU. Let's talk about them. Are they are they as good as we saw opening weekend at Dallas? I Baptist don't good? know, dude. I after opening weekend, I thought their offense was a top five offense in the country. They were blistering baseballs in the State Farm Showdown against good SEC teams. They haven't scored much since then. <laughs> they really hey, haven't. Here's a hot take. Is the, is the SEC the second-best conference this year? Maybe. I mean, no. 
I, 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 I have a hard time. I, I can't even convince myself that they're not number one. You're, you're saying but, it because the ACC has four undefeated teams. No, left it, and- not even that. If the AC, the lineup from the offense I'm seeing in the ACC this year can rival what the SEC has. Pitching depth and stuff, the SEC wins. But when the ACC had these kind of lineup, it changes the game. It, it levels it out a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, here's a surprise team in the ACC nobody's talking about. Duke. Duke's a good team. And they were projected to finish last in the ACC. Just NC swept State. Baylor. Just NC beat State. Nobody's talking about. NC State's undefeated. Um, I mean, team. I mean, obviously, Boston College, I think, is the anchor of that conference. But you go down the list. Virginia, Virginia Tech, uh, North Carolina, NC State, Duke, Wake Forest, Miami, Florida State, uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, all these Louisville. Teams, all of these teams should all most of them should be ranked really high, and they are. And I see what you're saying, but I think the SEC has scheduled much harder competition, and they're playing against Big Twelve True. teams. And 100 percent agree. 100 percent agree. And better mid majors. I think the ACC schedule right now has been pretty soft as a whole, but here in the next week or so we're going to start seeing how they actually compare. Like if Clemson goes out and sweeps South Carolina, that'll raise an eyebrow for me. Um, okay. What, there is no freaking way Clemson sweeps South Carolina back That's back what you years. think. That's back what you think. Years. But it could happen. Damn, and, and if like Louisville I, goes I need, into the Shriners. I would Shriners, need to see the odds on that. I would if, need to if, see the odds. If Louisville goes into the Shriners Classic and dominates against Texas Tech, Rice, and Texas A&M or whoever they're playing – if if um oh boy what was the other ACC matchup I was looking forward to this week uh Florida if Miami goes and sweeps Florida or beats them two out of three we'll talk about all that stuff in a little bit because I got some things to say about that all those things anyway I wish sportsbook had another odd option sweep or don't sweep oh I mean I you would have to just bet non-sweep on every series right you can clean up some money as a sports book with that. Think about what the odds were if AM sweeping Portland. Right? They would clean up. Dimitri, that would never happen. Like that's ne- it's, we're never gonna get to a point with gambling to have a sweep versus non sweep. Okay, maybe just for cert- like okay, plus six hundred Tennessee to sweep Missouri. Something like like SEC, ACC, maybe. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I see. I see where your head's at. I like it. That'll just never happen. So I don't think we should spend too much time on that. We're not spending any time on it. I'm just mentioning it. That'd be cool to see. Yeah. The uh, now I could see something like weekend series, like who wins the weekend, weekend series. My next point: weekend series, win or lose the series. Right. I could see that potentially being a thing in the future. They have that for MLB, don't they? All the time. Yeah, they have it in MLB. Win the series or not. Um, I would love that because that UCF one, I guarantee you Clemson would, would have been heavily favored to win that series. Yep, you're right. And and we saw it firsthand with our weekend series pick them. Ton of people picked Clemson. Ton of people saying, lost like, that series. So I, w- I would love to see win or lose we- the series um, as an odd in the next year or so. As we- the sport keeps growing. So no. anyway, move on. Let's preview the weekend now. We have four big tournaments going on. Uh, we have the Shriners College Classic in Houston, which is always one of my favorite 
I've been to over 15 of them since they got started in 2001. That was like me and my dad and my, my little brother's tradition. We'd go every single year. Obviously, I don't live in Houston anymore, so I haven't been to one since 2020, right before COVID happened. I uh, wish I could have went this year, but just the logistics just didn't work out. Uh, the uh, So that one, the Houston Shriners College Classic, Louisville, Michigan, Texas Tech, Rice, Texas A&M, and TCU. Loaded group there. I'm excited to see Louisville and Michigan be the two out-of-town teams coming in. Uh, we have the Frisco Classic, which is four teams playing in Fris- the Frisco Rough Rider Stadium. Cal, which is sneaky good in the Pac-12. Watch out for Cal this year. Ohio State, going to be a solid Big Ten team. Oklahoma, uh, they're trying to get back on track from last year's success. And then Mississippi State, which just won a big midweek game against in-state rival Southern Miss and ended up winning that series against Arizona State two out of three. The Frisco Classic is always a good one to watch. I enjoy that ballpark and the, the broadcasts that go on there. Uh, there's a, there's a big one in Minnesota at the Viking Stadium, which I I hate it. I hate it. I, hate I know it. I you hate, hate it. it, but hey, as a left-handed hitter, I love watching that. I love watching that because it's about 290 to right field with a 30-foot wall. They push the bleachers back. It, it looks a lot like what the Twins used to play in uh, with a something something Humphrey Tory Hunter Roman center field. Yeah. And I like that broadcast. Uh, it's it's quirky for sure, but there's some good teams in that one. Um, this year we're getting uh, man. I just had the teams pulled up. Dude, Vander- I, okay, I'll start it off. Vanderbilt and Minnesota, Minnesota and Maryland, uh, Nebraska and Maryland. And there's one more team, Hawaii. Hawaii is the out of state team. So apparently, it was supposed to be a Big Ten versus SEC matchup, but. Missouri backed out last minute sometime like right before the season. So they had to get another team and Hawaii stepped up. And so we get to see Hawaii play inside of a dome in, in Minnesota where probably the weather difference between Minneapolis and, and Honolulu, probably a 70 degree difference. It's probably going to be close to 90 in, in Honolulu and it's going to be about 20 degrees in Minnesota. And that'll be a good tournament. I'm telling you, we're going to see some upsets I in that think tournament. It's a good tournament. I think it's an awful, awful, awful field. I mean, I wish they would have put effort in to kind of clean up the football field. They were able to put the Minnesota lo- logo down. They were able to do a lot of things. You're telling me they couldn't clean it up a little bit more and get some of those lines off because the overhead picture of that place looks disgusting. Yeah, I did see that today. And uh, the dugout, the dugouts are so makeshift and. Ugh, brutal. Like <laughs> the dugouts are the worst part. I, I did look at the dugouts, and it's basically like somebody built a uh, like it's a, a dog shipping house. container, and they just cut out the f- oh, three <laughs> sides of it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a shipping a, container. It is a shipping container. I'm looking at it now. It's a shipping container. <laughs> like are you shipping? That's why I love college baseball. <laughs> you throw 35 guys in a shipping container and call it a dugout. And and you know the camera, there's going to be one camera angle. It's going to be from 400,000 feet up in the air behind home plate. So every time a guy hits a home run, you're just going to get this big camera angle. I mean, I just, I just, it's irritating because when I'm trying to like watch the game, clip game, share, I don't want to share shitty ass camera angles because there's a lot of like plays and stuff that I just don't post because I'm just like, dude, that's an eyesore. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Who's so, broadcasting it? Is it Big Ten Network? 
Big it's Ten the Big Plus. Ten Network. And if you, I think Hulu or Fubo TV have like a free seven or ten day trial. So if you really want to watch that and don't want to pay, go get you. A, I think it's Hulu. I mean, a Fubu or Hulu have a free seven or ten day trial, and they carry the Big Ten Network. So there you go. Just don't I'm forget. pretty sure it's actually Big Ten Plus, though. No, no, no. They carry it. They carry it. I look. So you're saying my YouTube TV, my YouTube TV has Big Ten Network. If I scroll over on the guide, I will see these games being brought. I'm going to do it right now. Hold on. Talk for a second. Grabbing my remote. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll still talk while you grab your remote and check it out. I don't know why we're pausing. Um, we're just All talking. Right, we're doing this. We're doing this live. I got my All remote. Right, go ahead. Go check. Um, I'm going anyways, to YouTube yeah. TV right now. I have Big Ten Network and I'm going to see if we carry it or if they um, carry it. While Ben is checking on that. Texas Tech and Rice, TCU, Michigan, Louisville, Texas A&M. Those are your three games on tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. Hey, Rice um, is going to upset TCU or Texas Tech this first game. Just watch. I I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Texas if, Tech first loss of the season is coming. It's coming if I soon. remember correctly, Texas Tech never plays well in this tournament. I didn't know Texas Tech had ever played in this tournament. I mean, oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God, we're talking about we're talking about the Minnesota tournament, and I just started listing games from the Shriner. Sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Mix that up. These, Yo, these, these baseball games are not line. on big. These baseball games are not on Big Ten Network. They're not. They're showing like women's basketball conference tournament. It's okay, Big Ten well, Plus. That's what it's. That's what that's what it is. Big Ten Plus. Okay. Well, I saw I saw it somewhere, so I'll have to recheck. But let's rewind back to the Shriners Classic, and then we'll go back to that Michigan one and the Frisco one. Last year's Shriners Classic was a classic. It was probably the best Shriners tournament we've had. Every in a year, while. it's like that. Every year, dude. This year is not quite the same as LSU and Tennessee and number one team in the land, Texas, last year. That was a loaded tournament. Right. I mean, you're right. The team profiles aren't as big but i promise you there's going to be some crazy stuff happening they're gonna be good game i remember in 2019 oklahoma kate horton threw a no hitter which was sick um there's been a lot of times where back when those good rice teams were playing rice versus university of houston would always be like the sunday nightcap those games were always crazy uh and then the out-of-town teams usually surprise people too and i'm excited to see louisville and michigan play uh they're both going to be high offense I'm, I'm to excited watch. to see what Louisville has. We haven't really gotten to see them play tough competition yet. Um, so Louisville, I'm excited to see. I want to see A&M against a good team. Like sometimes teams play up to their competition, play down to their competition. Let's see how A&M rolls out after the Portland series. I think A&M shows up. Well, they showed up in their midweek and absolutely demolished whoever they played. Um, I forget. So honestly – I think I think Louisville wins the series. Louisville and A and M get their rematch from the Super Regional last year. Um, I like it. I like this tournament. Um, I think Louisville wins it. I, if I had to pick, I would say I think A and M wins it. I think A and M wins it. They bounce back from a horrendous, absolutely horrendous showing against Portland. They're going to be ready to go. I'll tell you a sleeper team though. Watch out for Rice. It would not surprise me if Rice got a couple wins here. 
I think they're going to be. You know what, man? I think they're going to be Texas Tech this first game. Rice's record might not show it, but they're better than what their record showed. They hung in there with Stanford. They they beat Louisiana. All right, sorry, University of Louisiana one game, and they should have potentially won a second game. This is a better Rice team than than the last two years. Stanford, they had a game they should have won. That's what. Yeah, I mean, they hung in there with Stanford for sure. So. Uh, Rice is better than their record show, so that that's probably going to be my favorite tournament of the weekend. Not no doubt about it. It's always let's it's always the to, best. Let's move back to that Minnesota one. Yeah, so Minnesota and this you you did say Michigan twice already in this podcast. You've called it the Michigan tournament. And, uh, Minnesota. I I think you said Michigan twice, but anyways, it's in it's in Minnesota at the Viking Stadium. It's Big Ten versus SEC plus Hawaii. And so at, Hawaii gets to be the honorary SEC team this week, which is nice. Now I think Hawaii is going to get smacked around a little bit. Their pitching uh, is not pretty good. good this year. Their offense is good. The pitching is not very good. This, but what I'm excited um, about, maybe my top oh, storyline. Oh, I can't. I can't read this article anymore. The University of Minnesota just referred referred to itself as the U. I'm done. Move on. Next. <laughs> Well, Minnesota hasn't you, you won gotta, a you game. Gotta be, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me with this garbage. They just said, historical note, the U enters its 135th year in program history. Get that shit out of here. The U. So sensitive, man. I mean, there could be a lot of the U's. What, what makes Miami the U? They are the U. Their logo is the U. It's the U. University of Miami is the U. They earned the U. They earned it. <laughs> Freaking Minnesota! I'm tearing up right now. I'm 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 pissed off that they wrote that in their own in their own words on their own website. The U. They should be they should be the O because that's how many wins they have this year. Zero. (laughs) The zero. Yeah. Um. But here's here's a storyline that I like. Nebraska. They should show what they really are this weekend. They get to play two SEC teams in Hawaii. And uh, they they looked bad the first weekend against San Diego. They were my Big Ten champion pick, still are. Uh, and they took care of business against South Alabama. So let's see if they can continue to play good ball. Show me something. And then another storyline, Mich- I mean, sorry, Maryland and Ole Miss are playing again, right? After they just played last weekend, yeah, two out of three? They play, tomorrow, they play tonight or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. That'll be fun. And Maryland could even up the series there, too, too. Yeah, hey, if you are in our series, pick them. If you pick Maryland and Maryland wins tomorrow, it becomes a push. That no, W you got last weekend did not count anymore because I have Maryland and I'm um, I'm nope. expecting a win tomorrow night and get that series back to even. Nope, not happening, buddy. Oh, it's happening. Who's going to win this Minnesota tournament? What's your pick? <sighs> Honestly, man. I'm going to – I feel like a mush with this, but it's got to be Vanderbilt. It's got to be Vanderbilt, right? That's what I'm thinking too. It's got to be Vanderbilt. Um, But, hey, little but who's side gonna, nugget. Who's going to beat Vanderbilt? That, that's my maybe, question. Maybe Ole Miss, but a little side nugget. Wait, they don't play though. No. What? Vanderbilt's playing the three Big Ten teams. They're I know, playing... but, but doesn't someone have to win the tournament? No, but I said who's gonna beat Vanderbilt, and you said maybe Ole Miss. Oh, oh, you're you're right. Sorry. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I just don't see Vanderbilt losing in this tournament. Um, I but could, I, what I, 
sidetracked. I, I want to get off my tongue. Hold on, damn it. Oh. Ole Miss is getting Hunter Elliott back, but I'm skeptical about it. Um, In April, though. He had a strained UCL. I just know there's more lingering issues coming along with it. Doesn't mean I have I can't hold hope for him. I hope he comes back. Um, but sprained UCL isn't just oh a couple weeks he's back and we're good. Um, they said mid April he'll come back because he's got to start his throwing program again. Get back on the mound, throw some bullpen, throw a live um, live simulation, get back into game shape. Um, hopefully he comes back. There's great news for them, but I just I'm iffy on that because hey that shit hurt and that shit takes time. Hey, those Ole Miss trainers aren't afraid to throw out a player with a torn ligament or a partially torn ligament. You remember what they did with Elko? They're like, hey, you tore your ACL? You can still hit, right? Yeah, you're good. You're clear. Yeah, you can yeah. play. Good, good point. Good point. Um, but, yep, give me Vanderbilt in that series. They looked really good in a good UCLA team last weekend. But this is also a prime spot where Vanderbilt typically disappoints us. I, I would not be surprised if Maryland won this tournament. I know it's going to be a tough test for them, but they're familiar with Ole Miss already. I could see them winning on Friday and then beating Vanderbilt too. Uh, I could see Ole Miss winning this. Absolutely. Ole Miss, if they get past I don't Maryland. Feel winning this, man. Give me, I do, now that you brought it up, Maryland gets Ole Miss outside of Swayze. I, I can see Ole Miss. Um, not doing very well in this tournament. Outside do you think? Of their home do you field. think? Do you think Maryland possibly, or maybe Ole Miss, pops possibly throws at either T.J. McCants or uh, Luke Shigler? What's his name? Shigler? Schlegler? Schlegger? What's his name? I think it's Schlegger. Schlegger. Um, I don't think so. I don't think there's enough beef and enough energy playing in the middle of the uh, Viking U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't think the the vibe you're going to be there to start some shit like that. I don't know if it was back in Maryland or back in old, not in Oxford. Maybe, you know what? I, I'm going to call it right now. Maybe we can clip this. If it actually happens, there's going to be some jawing back and forth between those two teams because, oh, there, oh, no because doubt, no Maryland, doubt. Maryland has all the leverage here. They can say, they can bring up what happened in the midweek against Louisiana tech. Start jawing about that. Like, Hey, yo, why'd you guys, you know, run from Louisiana Tech. Why'd you do this? Oh, oh yeah. It's going to get fired up in there. And I could see maybe a couple pitches up and in or behind some hitters. And I think, I, I think Ole Miss won't back down. And, and I obviously, I know Mike Bianco won't back down. Um, in, I could see some Rob Vaughn won't back down. Rob either. Vaughn is, is an alpha male too. I, I would love to see a little scuffle. And then Bianco's gonna say, "My administration, my administration won't let me do that." Stop. <laughs> oh Stop. man, putting on a T-shirt. My administration won't let me. Yep. Anyway, so let's move on to this other tournament. Let's move it on to the Frisco. Four teams here. Get a good mix of you know Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve, and SEC. I love this this layout. Cal, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Mississippi State. The um, the Bulldogs are kind of rolling again. They Mississippi State won a big, big matchup against Southern Miss and, and Pearl. You know, double A field, just like Frisco. I, I like that they're starting Gerangelo Sanja on Friday. He may, he earned the Friday night roll. Which arm is he going to throw with? Most likely both a lot. Hey, you want to notice something? Okay. 
did you notice anybody put listing Durangula Sanja at BHP? Yeah. No, 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 no. In the beginning of the season. Yeah. Oh, he was listed at BHP? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Because I tw- when I tweeted that video out of him, I said BHP. I I hadn't seen it anywhere because I thought of it. I was like, BHP, both-handed pitcher. I love that. And then I started noticing it everywhere, BHP. During, and I was like, wait a minute. It was probably one of those things where you didn't start noticing it until you thought of it. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, but, yep, I'm excited for that one. Um, honestly, to be a hundred percent honest, it's probably the only game I'll watch of the Frisco tournament. Um, I got a lot of other games to watch. I got a lot of better games to watch. So, hey, don't sleep on this Cal team, by the way. I no, don't know. I think Cal is good, but I got other games to watch. Yeah. Um, what was the um, – here we go. I'm pulling up. Let's see if Mississippi State made a graphic for Gerangelo Sanchez. They did. They start. did. And it said BHP. I no, no, it no, the one that they did from uh, February 22nd, that midweek. Oh, okay. Let me see here. No, they didn't make a graphic with the starter. Probably because they lost by ten runs when the they day were playing, before. When they were playing uh, when they Louisiana were Monroe. Monroe. Yeah, they didn't list a graphic or post post a, gra- a graphic. I don't know. I thought anyway, I've seen it before. Anyway, um, so who's your winner for the? You uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to stick with the guns here. I think Cal wins at Frisco. I I think Cal could win this Frisco, but I'm going to go here with Oklahoma. Oklahoma's too talented to be playing the way that they've been playing early in the year. Maybe this is where they turn the corner. They're they're comfortable playing. I feel like all of their games have been played in my or major league or minor league stadiums so far. They just they always play in they never play at home, it feels like. <laughs> and um yeah, Oklahoma's too talented. I think they they get up for these games and possibly go through. Dude, what are you talking about? The seven of the they already played seven home games this year. But some of them were at Globe Life, weren't they? Seven home game in, they pl- in Norman, Oklahoma. How many have they played in, in Globe Life? One. Really? Abilene Christian, the only game in Globe Life. We were, you were thinking of last year, too. Oh, that's probably it. Yeah, I mean, they played Cal Baptist, Air Force, and Ryder all at home. Well, I'm an idiot. What's that called? The, uh, the something of Mandela effect? Where I just remember history different, <laughs> maybe I don't know. But I like Oklahoma. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take Oklahoma here. Gonna, they got something gonna take, to prove. I'm gonna roll with Cal here. They're hot. They're playing well. They play some competition. They're back in the state of Texas after taking two or three, almost sweeping Houston. So, um, yep, I like Cal here. Hey, Mississippi State. If if Gerangelo Sanja wins that start again. Oh yeah, it's Ohio State. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, hey, if they lose that start, you're in trouble. But hey, that's oh, good. Yeah. That's good news for the Mississippi State fans out there that neither one of us picked them. That means they'll probably go three and zero. They're, they're going to go three and zero. Um, hey, there's another tournament. Um, before we get to the Clark, the Clark Leclerc tournament, there's this USC tournament at at um, UCLA, Tulane, Sac State, USC, and UCLA. Sacramento State is my sleeper to win that tournament. They just beat Nevada pretty bad today on Thursday. 
Yeah, they're uh, they're a decent team. Um, I do like UCLA to win that Quick, tournament. What's what's their mascot? What's Sac State's mascot? Don't look it up. Eyes the on Hornet. me. Ah, there you go. Okay. Who's their? I already knew that. Who's their biggest alumni in the MLB? Oh, dude, I know this. Um, oh my god, dude, he's a he's a the slugger, dude. Yeah. Played in the World Series last year. Alec Bohm. No, that's Wichita no, no, not State. Alec Bohm, not Alec Bohm. Uh, Reese Hoskins. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, here's another trivia for you. Just pop quiz. Who is Wofford's most famous alumni for baseball? Wofford's most uh, no No clue. Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas. Oh wow! I just learned that. I was I was doing He's a little. A grad, huh? I was doing some banana ball research, Savannah Bananas, and uh, found out he played baseball at Wofford. Really cool. So he is a baseball player. Yeah, he was. He was a pitcher. Oh, you know what? I knew that because they wrote an article about how he kept doubling down. Him and his wife just kept doubling down with no money. Got money, double down, and they just went all in on Savannah Bananas. Cool story for any of you guys want to check that out. I think it was ESPN did a write-up about the Savannah yeah. Banana, how it all started. They did like a documentary too. Yeah. Um, he they're basically, he, they're basically the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. Yeah, but he basically went all in, sold their house, took all the money from the house, and just poured it into Savannah Banana and saw an empty stadium. He said, okay, you know what? We're going to fill the stadium. Figured it out. Spend more money. Next thing you know it. I think he's just now starting to come out on the other side of everything. No, 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 no. He's been making money for a, a lot of years. But I thought that was all paying off all the debt he was no, in. No, no. They paid it off after their first season. I mean, when I, I was working for the Macon Bacon when they first got started, which was the sister team to the Savannah Bananas back in 2017. And, dude, the Savannah Bananas raked in multi-million dollars worth it. I mean, they're I thought, just their merchandise thought, alone, they make millions. I thought they he it was like a year or two years before he came out clear on the other side. Okay. I mean, I don't know. He dumped so much money in. It took him at least one or two seasons to pay off that. And then now he's on the right side of things. So he's making a lot of money now. He's my white whale to get on the show. I'd love to interview him, talk to him about it. Yeah. um, Anyway, go ahead and introduce us Clark LeClaire tournament. Who is Clark LeClaire? Yeah. So that's the tournament at East Carolina. And uh, it's like four random teams it's Georgetown. Long Beach State and Indiana and then ECU, which is really fascinating to me. And maybe it's because I'm a college baseball nerd and everything, but you look at Long Beach State, huge background, back history of college baseball being a powerhouse. Uh, they they kind of seem like they're getting back on track out there in the Big West. Indiana, which is one of the more baseball schools in the Big Ten, and um, they've made it to Omaha back in what 2013 when they had Kyle Schwarber and Sam Travis. Um, you know, still really good. They're going to be competitive this year. And then Georgetown surprisingly has a good record this year as well. So it'll be fun to see those four teams match up, four totally different styles of play. And uh, you yeah, know, ECU South. just Georgetown has two wins over Iona. Doesn't count. What's the record this year? Six and two. Yeah, they have a good record. Yeah, two wins over Georgetown, two wins over Presbyterian. That's not a real six and two record. Hmm. All right, that's fair. 
I, I didn't look I'm at their schedule. I'm just, I'm just I didn't devil. look at their schedule. I didn't look at their I'm schedule. I haven't watched the Georgetown right game in, in, in ever. Hey, I've never seen hey, Georgetown I'm play baseball. De- I'm just playing devil's advocate with you. Yeah, but aren't you like isn't that exciting to see four teams from different parts of the country just come and play ball? Um, no, I, I think it's the most random group of four teams I've ever seen. Um, but it's pretty cool. Um, the tournament is in honor of the it's the 20th annual Clark LeClaire tournament. For those of you who don't know, he was the former head coach at East Carolina before Cliff Godwin. Um, I'm trying to remember. Yes, that's right. He had ALS. And that's why East Carolina does their mustache march every year to raise money and awareness for ALS. So, Oh, I didn't know that. In, in honor of their former head coach, Clark LeClaire. Uh, um, and I don't know why you say I keep saying Clark LeClaire, isn't it Keith LeClaire? Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm in a I'm in a spaghetti junction right now. Keith LeClaire, yeah, it's Keith LeClaire with their former head coach, and he passed away he from ALS. So they do their mustache march every year to raise awareness and raise money for the ALS Awareness Foundation. Um, so they host this tournament, and I think most of the proceeds go to the foundation, which is pretty cool. I love that stuff. I love the, um, you know, college baseball always seems to give back, you know, whether it's for players or coaches. Um, it, it's a very giving sport, which which kind of reminds me of a topic that we can talk about, I guess, briefly here. But uh, I'm trying to pull up the article right now. But Troy University had a player get hit with a line drive, a pitcher hit with a line drive in the face um, last and week. You, you know, I don't know if this is what you're going to say, but I was just going to continue on with it. Um, it's pretty unfortunate situation, you know, because he, his first three years at Troy, he was on scholarship. This year, they basically just told him, hey, we don't have a scholarship spot for you. Um you can go play somewhere else if you want to get a scholarship. We just don't have one for you. And he basically said, no, I want to finish school at Troy. I want to stay at Troy with my friends. I want to play here. So they gave him a preferred walk-on spot. So basically, he's just paying his way through academic money and, what I guess, the left, the rest of the money his family pays for. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets hit by a line drive in the face. His name is Noah Janney. Noah Janney. What? His name is Noah Janney, and it's a yep. sad situation. Because here. he's not on scholarship, the school did not cover the full surgery or any of it or some of it. I don't know the logistics, but typically school insurance is primary. Then your personal insurance is secondary. That's how it was for my Tommy John Mercer primary and mine secondary. It was all paid for. We didn't have to pay for anything, but you still have to have insurance to cover the second half, but um, he's not on scholarship. So he's got to pay for it all. His family's got to pay for all the surgery, jawbone, cheekbone, something like that. Pretty, pretty uh, severe. Um, so there's a GoFundMe out there. We tweeted it. Um, if you want to go find it, Troy baseball has it up too. So if that's something you're interested, go check it out. Uh, so, yeah, I have it pulled up right now. It's called help Noah strike out his medical expenses. The goal, $25,000. Right now, as we're recording the podcast, it's at twenty one thousand six hundred and sixteen with two hundred and thirty one donors. I'm about to donate right now. I want to take some of the uh, 
the Patreon money that we have. I, I didn't even realize and think to even do this until I just looked it up. But yeah, I mean, those medical expenses add up. Um, uh, I'm going to make a donation here after the podcast. But the um, yeah, hopefully we can get to that 25K from all our listeners. I mean, there's practically 5,000 of you guys listening. So the, um, you know, if everybody just chips in a, yeah, everybody chips in a dollar, we can get into uh, the 25K that they need. And, you know, it's just helping out college baseball players. I mean, we, I say we, like I still play, but everybody who's played college baseball or supported college baseball players know that we get looked past. You know, if this was a football player, probably the expenses would have been paid. Um, I know there's scholarship stuff, but. Um, he, but hey, hey, I, I don't want to be like the, the dickhead here, but it com- it's really tragic and unfortunate. It comes like that's part of what happens. That's another thing that people probably don't know about. When you're not on scholarship, it's a bigger risk, too. So, yeah, um, that's the choice he made. And it's really unfortunate, really, really tragic that he has to deal with that now. Yeah, but hopefully the surgeries go well. Hopefully he f- recovers fully. I don't imagine he's out for the year. I mean, he probably could make it back for the end of the season. I don't know what the recovery time is, we'll but see. we'll, we'll see. see. Um, but yeah, his name is Noah Janney from from Troy University. And um, but anyway, so that that tournament will be fun. The one you know raising awareness for ALS. It's a terrible, terrible disease. And uh, I remember the ice bucket challenge was super popular in 2013 or 2012. Um, the ice bucket. Ice bucket challenge. I think I have a video out there somewhere on the internet of me doing the ice bucket challenge. Me? Is, no, me. Oh, oh, I was about to say I don't do that. I don't. I don't pose. I don't. I don't know why. I just don't do that kind of stuff. I, I did it, but I just didn't do it on social media. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know why that that was unnecessary information, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, don't why, I, felt, I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Um. So, hey, how, how do you want to do this? Do you want to... So there's seven series I want to talk about. Seven. We're, we have six for our Before weekend. we get into ours? Yeah. No, no, no. There's one series I want to talk about first, and then we have our six weekend series pick them. And it was the toughest six picks I've ever had to make. Those were the six most even matchups of all time. Tougher than last week? Tougher than last week, 100%. And, and we'll get to those. But the series I want to talk about first that didn't even make the cut was probably the biggest rivalry in college baseball, and that's Clemson-South Carolina this weekend. One of my favorite matchups to watch all year. Two fan bases that are passionate about baseball that absolutely hate each other's guts. Different conferences, but the same state. And right now you have a team, South Carolina, that's playing very good baseball and a team in Clemson that's playing not good baseball. Clemson gets swept last weekend at home against UCF. They lose their midweek against USC Upstate, not playing good baseball. And South Carolina is one of the nine <laughs> remaining undefeated teams. So, Demetri, go ahead and tell me what you're thinking about this weekend series and uh, what you kind of expect to happen. First of all, Clemson got bodied last weekend by UCF on the field and off the field. On the field, they got swept. <laughs> Off the field, they were very mouthy. So they got bodied in that department, in the shit-talking department. And then UCF went and ran down the Debo Sweeney Hill in Death Valley. Um, if for those of you don't know, the football stadium, they do their traditional run down you the hill. Might, you might get death threats for what you just said. You said Debo Sweeney? Dabo. Dabo. There you go. I said Dabo Sweeney. You said Debo. <laughs> oh, well, Sorry. 
A lot of words have been said tonight. A lot of words. Sometimes they get screwed up. Anyway, Dabo Sweeney's Hill. Um, UCF thought it was a good idea to go troll them even further, and they ran down the hill, made a little viral TikTok. That was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, I just hope UCF doesn't get their ass kicked this weekend, which is also one of our picks. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but Clemson Friday night starter, Ryan Ammon, is out for the series. So I think it's even worse for Clemson. Um, I was hoping you weren't going to say that because that was going to be my reason why I was going to make my pick. Uh, I'll share it here in a second. But that was some Ryan information Ammon I thought I had that you didn't. Clemson's best starter. They're down bad. They're about to be down even more bad. Um, and Eric Backage could be like, holy shit, I got work. I got my work cut out for me. I got a lot of work to do um, because they are going to be even more mouthy than UCF was if they thought that was mouthy. Especially so, since South me, Carolina give knows. Give me the Cox. Yeah. And so another thing to build off of it, Clemson swept him last year, right? So yep. South Carolina has that chip on their shoulder. South Carolina knows already knows that words will get underneath Clemson's skin. They're going to be mouthy. The cocks are going to be cocky. Uh, I think, and the reason why this series didn't make our six-weekend series pick them is because I think this is going to be an absolute troll job by by South Carolina. They're going to they're going to beat the brakes in on Clemson this weekend. I, I think the cocks sweep. Who, I really I, do. I, let's, let's just not even say they sweep, but the nope. I'm saying they chance, sweep. But the chance that Clemson win two is slim to none. So they didn't make our cover to pick them because we kind of want them to be tough, balanced, and make people think and not sure who they want to pick. We don't want them just to roll up, click, oh, that was too easy. So that's why I didn't make the cut. Um, but, yeah, give me the cock. Cocky and dangerous. Yeah, it's a different – dude. And, and going a little bit deeper into this, it's Mark Kingston's sixth season, I believe, and it's Eric Backage's first season. So in college baseball – Mark Kingston has his recruits on campus. He has his transfer portal guys. He has his program where he wants it to be. Usually year four, five, and six are the meat of where you get your players on campus and in your lineup. It's tough to be a first-year coach in a Power 5 team. It really is because you have guys transferring out. You got guys transferring in. Um, you don't have your recruits. You have the, the old coaches' recruits. And, and there's some big adjustments you have to make. So – that alone lets me believe that South Carolina should win this series. But this is really our first ACC-SEC matchup. I mean, maybe the ACC really is good, and, and maybe they can prove it this weekend with Clemson. I don't know. Uh, this that, is so unfair. That Clemson, is unfair. I, don't, I need to edit that out of the podcast. That was a terrible statement. <laughs> that was, that's so unfair. Um, and I thought you were smarter than that. You set yourself up for that. Hey, I've um, I've but, never made smart decisions at two a.m. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> um, good thing I have zero criminal charges on my background. Um, I am a clean, outstanding, upstanding citizen. So they weren't that bad of decisions at two a.m. Or maybe I just got lucky and didn't get caught. Yeah, I was gonna um, say. I think we could probably pull up the record books and find a couple things. At least uh, one. My, well, my my record's pretty squeaky clean. Nothing um, happened in Nebraska while you're playing independent ball. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what you're talking okay. about. Okay. Um, okay, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ricky. Hey, another <laughs> series that I really like: Florida Gulf Coast at Florida State. 
Um, this is a theory that I think Gulf Coast could come in and steal. What are they this year? Eight and one. They're eight and one. They're playing really well. They've got an old lineup. They've got a veteran lineup. Um, they've got a good pitching staff. They haven't played a lot of competition, so it'll be a good measuring test because that is my Atlantic Sun preseason pick to win the conference. I do think Florida Gulf Coast will get one this weekend. Um, that's a good series just to have refreshing on your scoreboard watch. Um, one more before I get back to you, let you pick another series. Another series that I really like, UConn at Florida Atlantic. Um I think that's a big time series for UConn to get back on the right track. They're, they've kind of been all over the country. Dude, UConn has UConn has no starting pitching though. Um, UConn was in Sarasota for the Snowbird, and then they went out to California. Now they're back in the Sunshine State. They haven't been home yet. They've been all over the damn place. Um, and you're right, UConn's been giving up a lot of runs. So this is the series they need they need to win to get back on the right track. I respect. Oh my god, dude! Oh my god, dude! Listen to this: Sarasota, Florida, for four games; Berkeley, California, for three games; Boca Raton, Florida, for three games. They go home for one game midweek. Bam! They're back. They're back at the airport. They go to Honolulu, Hawaii, next weekend to play Hawaii, and then they come back and they play four at San Diego State, and then they go home for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, they have it tough there at UConn. It's they're right in the prime of winter. They don't, but they don't but, get to but, play these early season home games. I don't. Even, I'm not even talking about them just being on the road. They're not just on the road. They're on the road. Road. They're, yeah, they're there's the there's a difference. Though. Listen though, there's a difference between airport travel and bus travel. They they're not busing anywhere. Busing takes years off your life. Airport's fun. You get to all wear matching outfits in the airport, the whole team. You get to go dick around in the airport, go to eat places, whatever, you know, shop. Airport travel's not bad. Obviously, there's jet lag, but you get over that in a day. I don't feel bad for you, Colin. I don't know, man. Going from three-hour time zone back to another time zone to another time zone, just nonstop. That sounds pretty brutal to me. The, the I, brutal I agree. part, the travel, brutal part would probably just be the schoolwork they have to keep up with, and that's it. Anyways, yep, I like that theory. I, I think you're kind of a decent team, and this is the series for FAU to say, hey, you don't lose this series. If you want to be good this year, you don't lose this series. You take care of business. Yeah, I respect UConn's head coach. He came out like beginning of the season and said, listen, we lost a lot of innings on the mound from last year's team. Last year's team was much more talented. We got a lot of unproven guys. You know, yes, we can be a great team, but it's going to take some time. Like we got to get our pitching right. And and I respect a coach that comes out and says it fires up the players. And he's just being honest for the Big East champ. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, there's no other series that I want to talk about this weekend other than our six weekend period. Weekend pick'em series. Hey, uh, so one more, one more. Use the Irvine at Arizona State. Um, Arizona State showed they can be a good team this year, um, but they also showed a lot of weaknesses. This is a series where Irvine, if they want to be good and they want to show everybody they're good, you take care of business in this series. And I would um, say the same thing about Arizona State. That's can what I'm saying. Bounce, like, yeah, can you bounce back from last weekend? Yep. 
Hey, another so, one, Gonzaga is going to Tennessee. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up, not because I think Gonzaga is good, but the wind, someone in our Discord channel, uh, in fact, I'm going to pull it up so I can give him some credit. But somebody in our Discord channel today sent a screenshot. It was Nick Nick Hathcote. From, uh, he's in our Discord. He sent a screenshot of the weather for tomorrow's game. By the way, he's a he degenerate gambler. Love that. <laughs> and so I guess this probably plays into the gambling part, but he sent a screenshot of the weather tomorrow in, in Knoxville. The wind is going to be blowing in 23 miles an hour the whole game, but gusts up to 55 miles an hour. That's basically a hurricane. That's that's 55 miles an hour. That's almost a tropical storm. Tropical that's, depression. That's numbers. what I'm saying. A fly ball is going to give these guys so much trouble. I mean, the ball is going to start in center field, and the, the pitcher is going to end up catching it. 55 yeah. miles an hour in from center field is absolutely insane. That's insane. Um, I don't think Blake Burke will be hitting any home runs. Nobody's hitting a home run tomorrow. Hey, I, I, one more theory. One more theory. This this is a little more personal for me. Texas at Cal State Fullerton. The Augie Garrido theory. The 2003 no, 2002 National Championship. The Augie Garrido series. He's a Fullerton man in a Texas Longhorn. Yeah. Um, Fullerton, they disappointed me against Michigan. They showed up fantastic against Stanford. Looked like dog shit against Michigan. I need those boys to step up this weekend and beat Texas while they're down. Texas also needs to get this, these wins on the road, kind of get back on the right track. Um, they've had a pretty strong schedule to start the year. So that's a decent series out West. They should play the Augie Garrido speech, the the locker room speech on the big screen out there just hey, to ben, fire everybody up. Ben, if this was a fist fight or a gang fight, which you don't know <laughs> one fucking thing about, we would all be dead. How do you get picked off first base? How can we fucking do that? <laughs> Oh, the, the greatest speech of all time. All the wire, what did he say? Something like all the wires and shit in your face. Yeah. They're going to have to wire your jaw shut, I think he says. Yep. You're, you're, you're with your jaw wire shut. <laughs> but you don't know one fucking thing about. Man, what a legend. Hey, rest in peace, Augie Garrido. Rest in peace. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get into our six. We can six pick them. We've been waiting too long. It's been an hour and a half. What are you talking we, about? Two hours is the standard at 11.7. That's right. And sometimes we'll go to three hours. We're not scared. We're not scared to do You're that. You're daggum right. You're daggum right. Um, so here's the six six weekend series. God, that's such a tongue twister for me. I, I have a mental block there. By the and way, I have, I have, I'm going in this raw dog. Basically, I don't know anything. Okay. That's uh, probably uh, better. We're both eight and four on the year. I went five and one last week. Yes, sir. And uh, dang, did I go three and three the first week? I, I sure did. You're, you're eight and four. four and two last week, four and two first week. So I love where I'm at right now. We got to chase down the leader. He's, there's two of them at 11 and one. I know. Chase hey, down. Hey. Steady wins the race, baby. Steady wins the race. Look, even if you're four and eight right now, you're still in it. There, this is a long season, and you'll see some weekends where things will flip upside down and you'll get right back in the hunt. Yep. So, Here anyways, we, go, ben. we have Dallas Baptist at Southern Miss, Miami at Florida, Campbell at Louisiana, Texas State at Grand Canyon, Georgia and Georgia Tech are playing a three-game series. I think it's one or two in Atlanta, one in Athens. 
and then Georgia Tech, or sorry, Georgia Southern at UCF. So four really good mid-major series, and then two ACC versus SEC. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say those words. Those are the haunted words of college baseball. I'm not scared, man. I don't give a shit. Mid-major, mid-major. You think like we? I'm not. You know what? Never nothing. We've gone over this enough time. Yeah, and uh, both of us are also going to make our survivor pick because we've advanced the first two weeks as well as forty we other people. Alive. We have forty-two people alive. I think sixty have been eliminated over the first two weeks. So we'll also each make our survivor pick. And God, this week is tough. You might as well just spin a spin a wheel or roll a dice or something. Uh, but let's start here with Dallas Baptist at Southern Miss. So. Dallas Baptist, they started the year 7-0. and They lost a heartbreaker against TCU on, on Wednesday night – or Tuesday night, I'm sorry. They misfielded a bunt, man. It, it was – and you know what's funny? So Zane Russell, the pitcher for Dallas Baptist, he's a closer, probably their best arm that they have. I texted this to Dimitri. Zane Russell was my high school bat boy. His grandpa was my coach, and he was just a little squirt. He was maybe six years old at the time. Well, let's see. That was 20 – 12 2011 2012 so 12 11 12 years ago he was my bat boy and so he was seven six seven eight do you feel old right now i feel really old and now he's closing out games for dallas baptist let me make you feel let me let me because we're on this topic real quick speaking of feeling old the other day so i coached in 2015 when I got to my Tommy John surgery, I coached, I took over or I got handed an 11 year old team from the fall all the way through the following spring, summer. I was the head coach of an 11 year old team. The other day I was on Instagram. I follow <laughs> one. Wait, on let me say a joke real fast. Of course you got handed over a team uh, because you only had one hand available. <laughs> <laughs> all right, shut up. Go ahead. Dude, what a dad joke that was coming from the dad himself. Yep. Um, anyway, got this team. The other day, one of my players is in freaking college drinking beer. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I am old. I was, These kids were 11, and now they're, they're drinking beer, enjoying college life. And I'm just like, Wait, oh you said God. what year was that? They were 11, and in that 20... was in 15? Yeah. So that was seven years ago, eight years ago. This kid's not of age. He's drinking underage. You just called him out. I didn't say any names. I didn't say anything. All right. Anyways. um, Hey, did you have a beer before the age of 21? Yes or no? Yeah, of course. Many. So so, so you drank illegally too. Okay. I never had one alcoholic beverage before my 21st. Dude. Never, 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 never have I ever. All right. Um, anyways, so and then I I want to say one more thing. I, I actually have a second Bat Boy that was my youth league Bat Boy team when I was eleven and twelve years old, ten, eleven, and twelve. Philip Matulia of Louisiana Tech, who's already hit like six bombs this year, probably their best offensive player. He was my Bat Boy because his dad was our coach. I'm friends with his older brother, and that makes me feel old, old too because he was probably five at the time when we were when we were 12 and it just blows my mind that now he's you know hitting bombs at louisiana tech crazy um anyways let's talk about dallas baptist southern miss 
Cool yeah, story, thanks. bro. This is a this is a good spot here for me to make my first hot take of the show. Dallas Baptist seven and one, really good team, and they've always been good. Southern Miss is also a good team that's always been good. They're just playing bad baseball right now. But I don't think we're going to see the same Southern Miss team as we saw the last seven days. You know, losing two out of three against a pretty good Illinois team, and then losing a heartbreaker against Mississippi State in the midweek in the neutral site. This, for me, is a prime example of when great teams will bounce back early in the year. They don't get all caught up in what's going on in the past. They just want to continue to play good baseball. Their pitching staff has been atrocious, and they have one of the best pitching coaches in the nation. Um, the Wizard I think of so- Oz. The Wizard of Oz. And I think he – sorry. I think Southern Miss bounces back in a huge way, maybe sweeps this series because – they are one of the most talented teams in the country. They're just not meshing. And this is a good spot for them to pick up and turn their season around. I love Southern Miss at home this weekend. This might be my survivor pick as well. That's funny you say that because I think this is the classic season for Southern Miss where they've had so much success. So much success success the past couple of years where they just have a truly rough start to the year and the fan base goes crazy and they they rebound, they start winning games later in the year. Similar to what ECU did last year. This is this is I, I can see it. Southern Miss, they're just they're just they're not it's gonna take time to figure out. A good team that's just just not quite there yet. And people are gonna overreact when they they lose to, to Dallas Baptist this weekend and they're gonna go crazy, blah blah blah. Don't hit the panic button. Let this team run the course. It'll take time. It'll run the course. I think Dallas Baptist wins this series, and I'm going to roll with the Patriot because I think one team is trying to find their rhythm again after last year. Another team is like they're they're in opposite directions. I'm trying to say Dallas Baptist is trying to get to their winning ways after a terrible year last year. They did make a regional, but it just wasn't to their, the DBU way. They they flew highly under the radar. They were a three seed, right, or maybe a two seed in yep, Texas. They were a, it wasn't the DBU way. Mm-hmm. Southern Men spotlight all year, phenomenal season that ended in supers. This year, rough start, but I, I'm. You get my point. I think yeah. they're two different direction kind of thing. I think Dallas Baptist wins the series. I I could. I could see that, but at the same time, this is Southern Miss is a good team. They're going to bounce back. They're not going to play bad baseball two weeks in a row. They're not going to play bad baseball two weeks in a row. Good teams don't do that. So give me the Eagles, Golden Eagles, sorry. Um, All right, let's move to the next series here. This one's near and dear to your heart, so just soak this up, Dimitri. But we have Miami. Oh, my God. Miami at Florida. Miami at Florida. I'll let you have the, the, the... the first turn at making your pick because I imagine this is going to be short. Go ahead. The dreaded moment is here. I have not, I did not want this moment to come. I've been dreading it so much because I am so torn on how to pick this series. Like I am torn at the heart, at the kidney, everything in my body is torn in half right now because I don't know where to go with this. Miami, Florida. A series that you would think has been really com- uber competitive and legit has not 
always been the case. Florida has been kicking our ass for the past couple of years in Coral Gables, in Gainesville, kicking our ass, except for 2021. 2021, Miami won the series, but it was, we got so lucky, dude. Extra inning ball game on Saturday. We got lucky. I don't know how we won that series. It was still a series win, but trust me, you, Ben, you know, you know, when you were like, damn, I can't believe we won that series. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how I felt about that series. Florida's team is really good this year. Miami's team is offensively really good on the mound. Dude, I don't know. I I I'm, I have no confidence in it. We have a we have a rotation that is kind of like black. Could be really good. Could be terrible. And it's probably going to be terrible this weekend. How the hell can I pick Florida? How can I justify myself picking Florida and be okay with it on Sunday when Miami loses the series and Florida wins? And I'm like, well, yep, I got that right. I, I I'm not going to feel good. I'm not going to be happy. But I can't believe I'm doing this. Dude, I, like this should be illegal. This should be illegal for me to take Florida right here. You can I be need, like your, you can be like Kirk Herbstreit and just be like, "Hey, I'm not picking this game." <laughs> Is that allowed? Can I just not pick this game? Why would you do that though? Yeah. There's only six games. You either get it right oh or you get god, it wrong. Dude. Oh my god, dude, Ben, I need your legal advice here. This series can only. I know help Florida's going to win. I know Florida's going to win this year. It's not uh, this series. It's not an if. If a, I know they're going to win. Can I legally, without losing my fan card, can I legally pick Florida? Yeah, hundred percent. You just you, you just have to put a twist on it. You have to say, hey, I don't want to jinx the Hurricanes. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Florida because I, I don't yep, want to. Right. You know what? You are absolutely right. I'm going to pick Florida. So I'm going to do my my fan deed, my obligation to help the Hurricanes win this series, and I'm going to do that by taking the Florida Gators. So uh, for my pick here, how confident are you that Florida is actually going to win? Just seriously, just talk to me. Do you how know confident? If, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 100, I'm about like a 93%. Perfect. Give me the Hurricanes. I'm taking Miami. You're so wrong about this. And, and I'm going to justify it like this. Listen. I, I've been saying Florida is the most talented team in the country since probably January 29th. I I really do like this team a lot, and they're at home. But guess what? They they got into the spotlight too early for me. I wanted this team to not show their hand this early in yep. the season because I, I now agree. they have the target on their back. And guess what? If there's one team in the country that does not care about what the media is saying and, and care about what other teams are doing, all they're focused on is themselves – is the Miami Hurricanes? They they are down there in South Florida. They do not care about a Both single. Far away from everybody. They don't care about what's going on, man. They just want to boost their stats. They want to play swaggy. And this is a prime series where I can see the Hurricanes shocking them again, like they did in 2021 when Florida was the number one team in the nation. I love how much you love Florida because that makes me want to take Miami. So give me the Hurricanes to win this series. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't love Florida. I don't love Florida. No, you love you. You said you're nine. Would you say ninety five percent sure they're going to win the series? No, I do not love the Florida Gators. I actually highly despise and hate the Florida Gators. Dimitri, hey, you know how you talked me out of Clemson last week, and you told me to take UCF, take Miami, do it, do it. Switch to Miami right now. Switch it. Switch it right now. You know what? Fuck it. Give me the damn hurricane. Let's go. Let's Give me the Miami go. hurricane. Take them. They're, they're going to win the series here. It is locked in. The Miami hurricanes are locked in. Yep. That was the smartest decision you've ever made. 
I, and you know, I might even go a step further. I might make Miami my survivor just because I know how many people are yeah, going to pick Florida. Stop, 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 stop. Next series, please. All right. Everybody's going to pick Florida for their survivor. Just watch. Um, anyways, we have Campbell at Louisiana, which these are two of my favorite mid-major programs to cover. I mean, Campbell's so exciting to watch, and, and Louisiana can really hit. And I love their home field. I love the broadcast that they have on ESPN+. Plus. They do a good job. This series, to me, comes down to who wins Friday night, right? You're only going to win a series if, I mean, for the most part, you, you elevate your chances of winning a series by winning Friday. I and, don't know. We we were so dead after Mississippi State got their ass kicked last Friday, and they came back and won the series. Hail Dan State for that one. That's fair. Um, but, yes, can, yes, winning Friday significantly improves your chances of winning the series. Correct. Yeah, and, and when, when I look at the pitching matchup, I just see Cade Keeler's name just right there on Friday night. And I'm like, okay, that should be a dub. And in Campbell, obviously they lost two very good draft picks last year, but they kind of return a lot. And they've been having – in college baseball, when you have success for an extended period of time, like three to five years, you start getting really big recruits, right? You get good players on campus to help develop and, and more. And I, I think this is a prime example for Campbell. They're going to be excited for this series. They're going to play in a hostile environment, which they don't really get to play too often. Yeah, they play good teams, but they don't play in like a very, you know, chirpy crowd like against chirpy I, I teams. I don't like a dirty, like no, mean. it's not dirty, but it's it's no, definitely a different I atmosphere. I don't mean the word dirty in like literal term. I mean dirty as in like slimy, mad shit talking, like hostile environment. The smell of of that's, you know that's that's. That's Louisiana. The smell like, of hey, just yeah. natty light and, and Coors Light just off hey, the don't, breath yeah, of the fans. You remember last year when Irvine went down there? They sold out a beer so fast. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, the, it's that's a, the environment you're getting in Louisiana, and I hope those fans know the camels are real. Yeah, they're real. And I will say this. The Raging Cajuns have one of my favorite mid-major um, complexes, like baseball facilities in the country. Like They're top of the top, and – and I would love to make a weekend trip there one time just to see what that environment's actually like. But I'm going to go with the Camels here. Um, I think it's a team that I was severely undervaluing at the beginning beginning part of the season. wasn't sold on them, but they've convinced me. And you know, they beat a really good ECU team uh, on you know on a midweek. That was said a lot. Um, I, I'm going to take the Camels here. You know what, dude. I was so disappointed. As much as I'm a ride or die for the Campbell Camel, roll damn humps. We picked. I picked against them. I think you did too. Opening weekend with Rucker. I did. And I'm so scared to pick against them again. I really want to take Louisiana at home. I want to give the edge to the Cajuns at home. But I don't want to pick against Campbell again. I just don't want to do it. Because if I pick Campbell this time, Louisiana's going to win. Like, it's just how you, when you start chasing wins like that, especially as a gambler, you, you lose so much when you start chasing wins like that. Yeah. Um, but I want to stick with my guns here. Hey, all love to Campbell. I love those guys. Um, got a good friend on the coaching staff, but I, I just got to stick with my guns here. I'm going to roll with the Cajun. They impressed me against BYU. This is so funny because. Beginning of the season, I told everybody on our podcast two teams to look out for this year. 
Florida and Louisiana. I said Louisiana is going to be one of my underdogs in the mid-major, you know, Sun Belt, maybe to win it all, uh, the Sun Belt Conference, maybe be a team in Omaha. Dude, like we don't face Sun Belt, man. We don't face Sun Belt. Fun Belt, sorry, Fun Belt. Uh, and then also Florida to be a, a college World Series champion. And I just picked against both of them here. But it's early in the year. Who cares? They'll figure it out. All right, so um, next series here. This is going to be the late-night matchup that everybody's going to be watching on ESPN+. Plus. Texas State at Grand Canyon. We're going to get the awesome dark lens broadcast. <laughs> it looks like it's a Broadway show out there. <laughs> and I'll be honest, this was one of the easier picks that I had. You, you want me let to go me first? See, let me see if your head is where my head is. All right, so Grand Canyon, great story, right? You know, it was another team that I said – uh, the first episode, I said, watch out for Grand Canyon. You have Jacob Wilson, one of the best players in the country. Um, you know, great Friday night guy. Awesome home field advantage that they'll have. But Texas State showed me a lot in, in the midweek and then also in their weekend series. These guys can really hit, man. And when it comes to a three-game series against a team like Grand Canyon that doesn't have a ton of bullpen depth, some of these games may get ugly. Like, sure, Texas State might lose on Friday night. But when it when it has to be a game that's high scoring, the, the advantage is to Texas State. And that's where my pick is. I think Texas State goes over there. They know it's a business trip. They're not going to overlook Grand Canyon. And and Grand Canyon, sure. Like they're a great team. They could show me a lot more if if Grand Canyon won this weekend series. But for right now, I'm gonna stick with the San Marcos Cats, man. Give me give me Texas State. I think they they win Saturday and Sunday scoring 10 plus runs hey i don't have much to say on this series because you just pretty much nailed it i'm rolling with the bob the slam marcos bobcat i love texas state here i think this is one of the easier picks this weekend um i think levi wells is going to get the win on friday night and they just got to get one on Saturday or Sunday, but they're going to outslug. They're going to outslug Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is not the offensive team that I think everybody is really thinking. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we agree on that, but that does scare me that we both have Texas State here. Does scare me a little well, bit. No, I think this is the series where you can pick with confidence. Yeah. It's just if it, if it turns into gorilla ball, I mean, Grand Canyon just can't hang with Texas State. And I'm sure. The Grand Canyon SID is probably listening to this clip and clipping it, or listening to this podcast and going to clip this part whenever they score 15 runs in all three games. Oh, please, please, <laughs> please, please tag old take exposed. Make your sick highlight videos with our voice overlay. I would, I would, I would laugh if Grand Canyon <laughs> when we get exposed like that. That's funny. I do want to go on record and say I want to hire the the SID or the graphics guy at Grand Canyon. He's incredible. I should have his name in front of me. He's on our radar. Wheeler. I want to hire that guy. Bryson Wheeler. Yep, he's a stud. Shout out to Bryson Wheeler. One of the best in the game. He's got feel for the game. He's got feel for the graphics and video and hype and all that stuff. He will probably be a future 11.7 employee. The invitation is open as of officially right now. As of right now. You have have 12 hours to respond. All right, let's move over to a series that uh, it's right in your backyard, Dimitri. Georgia, Georgia Tech. What is it? Good old fashioned hate, clean. What, what's the saying that they say? Good, clean. Good old fashioned hate. Yeah. 
I mean, it's mostly it's known for football, right? but honestly, like, no, it's a school wide. It's all sports. I know, but baseball goes back a long ways too. Both of them have had, you know, good baseball programs okay. for a while. They've had war. They've had wars at Turner Field. These two teams don't. They don't like. They don't like each other. Yeah, and and it's crazy because Georgia Tech's coming in undefeated, and Georgia slipped up, I believe, once against like Jackson State, and then no, no, no Jacksonville opening day. opening day to Jacksonville State, and they also lost to who'd they play last weekend? I'll t- I'll tell you right now. They they played Belmont uh, or. Um, I'll tell you right now, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia's schedule, they lost opening day to Jacksonville State. Then they lost the finale of a four-game series against Princeton. Princeton, that's right. Six and two. The dogs are six and two, scoring almost double-digit runs every game. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an offensive just fest, man. Both teams oh can God. really hit. Both teams, both teams not great pitching. Now, I, I was impressed with Georgia Tech's pitching – in the midweek against Kennesaw. I mean, Kennesaw scored like four runs in the first two innings or three innings and then didn't score again. Uh, I'm impressed with Georgia Tech. Their lineup is deep. I know two of their best players are out right now. I think their top two hitters are hurt with injury. I'm impressed with Georgia Tech, but I mean, I'm not going to pick against an SEC team here. I think Georgia, obviously they've slipped up twice, but Georgia's going to come into this series prepared uh, I hate doing this because I'm making my fourth road team pick in a row. I'm going to take the Georgia Georgia Bulldogs. I, I think they're going to be the better team, better better pitching, slightly. And they've already messed like they've already slipped up twice. Georgia Tech hasn't slipped up yet. Georgia Tech's due for at least one loss here. I think you know. So I remember. I don't know if you remember in the beginning. Season preseason, I mentioned, hey, Georgia's a sneaky team to watch out for in the East SEC. They've got a lot of good players. They have a lot of draft prospects. They might not be the most like team wide. They might not be one of the best, but in terms of player play by player, they have a lot of prospects. They have a lot of pro ready prospects. Yeah, and when when it comes to, when it comes the light shining bright and it's game time, the talent talent wins a lot. And I'm 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 with you on this one. I think Georgia wins. I think when Georgia Tech loses their first one, it takes a game or two to say, hey, you know what? So what? Undefeated streak is over. Time to play ball now. We got 50 more of these. Um, but I just like Georgia here. I think they get one in Atlanta and they're gonna win the finale on Sunday in Athens. Now Georgia Tech could just prove us wrong and sweep this series. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, Georgia Tech thinks we hate them. According to revealed that Georgia Tech thinks. We I didn't realize this, but a lot of their a lot of their players listen to the podcast and and keep up with us on social media. And it, I was called out by one of the coaching staff members saying that, "Hey, we think eleven point seven hates us, and it's probably not good that we're both picking Georgia here." But I mean, we got to stick to our gut. Hey, we got to play our game. They play their game. <laughs> this is our this is our weekend theory. We live for this shit. Yeah, but hey, no disrespect to Georgia Tech. They're they're a good team, absolutely loaded lineup. I'm impressed with what they've put out so far, but this is a, this will be the first time they're facing you know SEC caliber pitching. We'll see what they do. I, I would love and, to see. It's going to be five to four in the second inning. Oh my I'm, god! Yeah, I'm, 
Like, I mean, we're going to see a 10-plus run inning in one of these games. If you love offense, tune in here. The ball's going to be flying. Hey, Georgia hit five home runs in the first four outs of their midweek, so they can swing it. Yeah. All right, last series here. Um, really intriguing for anybody that follows mid-major baseball. We have Georgia Easy, Southern. Easiest pick of the weekend. Georgia Southern um, hosted a regional last year. They just beat up on our Mercer, on our Mercer Bears in the midweek. Um, really good team. I mean, they, they're on the road against UCF and very emotional UCF team after sweeping Clemson last week. Now, this one was actually tough for me. You think it was easy? I went back and forth quite a bit. But what, what, what it came down for me is Georgia Southern has lost both Sunday games by big time. They lost big time to West Virginia. And they lost big time to um, – Come oh, ET, ETSU, ETSU, Tennessee State, and uh, I mean, in order to win a series like this, you got to win on Sunday. I don't see them winning Friday and Saturday. I, I'm going to stick with UCF here. I, I'm just going to bet on them being really good and maybe not just hot at the right time. Maybe they are a really good team, and I think them playing at home for the first time after an emotional road series, crowd's going to show up. It's going to be rowdy, and and maybe Georgia Southern doesn't have the firepower on the offensive side of the ball to keep up with what UCF has. I'm going to take the Knights. Hey, I'm telling you, this is the easiest series to pick. Why? Central Florida at home. Georgia Southern doesn't have the pitching depth to win on Sunday, as we've seen. I think this UCF team is real. They are real. I don't think they're just a hot team. I think they are a real good team with offense. And when you're at home with a lot of offense, it's hard to win on the ro- at, at the road team for Georgia Southern. I think this is a series that Georgia Southern learns from and grows up from, and it'll help it'll benefit them throughout the rest of the season. But this UCF team not losing. Give yeah. me the night. Kill season. <laughs> All right, let's make our survivor picks now, and then we'll wrap up the show. I, I, I'll go ahead and give you mine. It's pretty simple. Central Florida is my survivor. I thought you were going to go there. I'm, I'm going to go with Southern Miss. I'm going to put my eggs in that basket again. I don't, I don't expect them to lose back-to-back series at home. And no disrespect to Dallas Baptist, but I mean Southern Miss has to win this series. And, and I know they're playing not good baseball right now, but I think something clicks for them. I, I, I'm okay putting my eggs in this basket if they don't win so what really i'm really surprised that you're doing this yeah my other the one, other one i was debating was texas state i like them a lot too but i would feel better at myself betting on a team at home so uh, give me give me the golden eagles they're still a baseball school even though they've had a great basketball season still a baseball school i think you know I'm really curious. I haven't pulled up the data from the weekend pick them to see what everybody else is picking. That's my fault. I was unprepared to have the data in front of me. So I'm sorry for that, but I'm really curious. You guys will see the graphic tomorrow um, with what the public is thinking on these series. We will have that graphic up in the morning. Great episode. Yeah, great episode all around. I thought we hit on everything. Um, but you guys stay tuned. We're, you know, we're going to be pounding out stuff on Twitter, uh, social media. We're, we're working with our Instagram now. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, just at 11.7. Just posting the graphics and maybe some videos here and there. 
and uh, just kind of make it a little bit more instead of a bunch of things scattered on Twitter. It's just a little bit more focused up. And uh, and yeah, I mean, we're going to be sleepless nights this weekend, college baseball going on. We got the World Baseball Classic coming up next week, which we're going to probably announce what we're going to do as far as covering that. That'll be a lot of fun too. Um, and uh, really appreciate every single one of our Patreon members and all of our Twitter followers and, and podcast listeners. You guys are the hey, best. Little sneak preview, sneak or hype or teaser, whatever. We will be having merch. And I think Ben is pretty excited with what he's seen so far for the merch. Dude, it's so the, cool. Um, so hopefully I can get that up and running in the next week or two weeks. Um, I think you guys will be excited with what we have to offer. For sure. But uh, we'll end it on that note. You guys take care. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll be back Sunday night to recap everything. Ciao. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas is headed back to Omaha. And here's Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> Melendez doesn't get cheated.